It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome in to an episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, I hope that this is a much more smooth ride than yesterday's afternoon drive was for me, at least. We had a rocky, a rocky drive yesterday from a technical standpoint. Yeah. So let's where would you say there. that we were taking the afternoon drive on yesterday geographically? Like we were down in the hills of West Virginia somewhere. We were on a bumpy, okay. we were on a bumpy dirt road, and at times it was not clear that we were going to make it to our destination. No, absolutely not. It, it was scuffed from the jump. I mean, we were supposed to have a guest on yesterday that didn't end up working out, and then the internet connection issues that I was having a couple times. My laptop then crashed when I was trying to edit the episode. It, so like, yeah, there was just yesterday's episode. It's a miracle that we got it out. So anybody that watched it you know what? I think, I think that was the universe telling us that we should take off season holidays off, right? That we should just <laughs> yeah, that's celebrate true. The, the beauty of Abe Lincoln and take mm-hmm. President's Day off. Maybe. I don't know. I did. You know, I called an agent yesterday and they, they were like, oh, no, he's, he's not in the office today. I'm like, why and they're like it's president's day and i was like why <laughs> you didn't answer the question i mean you kind of did answer the question but you did not really answer the why still is is well whatever uh we got through it yeah uh, let's have a better one today i'm anticipating that and very hopeful of that happening alan i think this is going to be interesting thank you uh to somebody that presented this to us on youtube matt nerdy uh commented uh, to us and basically said, you know, they were divvying up the positions of need that they felt the Steelers had. You know, you look at it very clearly center, corner, offensive tackle, linebacker, safety. I mean, plethora of needs, obviously. But how do you attack those via draft and via free agency? Like, how do you divvy up the way that you want to attack those given, obviously, the limited draft capital and also the limited resources that they're going to have in free agency uh, as well? And I think that's a really interesting topic. I thought it was a great question. And that's what we're going to do today. Yeah, so it sort of spins off the conversation we had yesterday where I kind of said, look, look, this team doesn't have that much cap space. Uh, They still have a bunch of big needs. Trading for Justin Fields Mm -hmm. or a big swing in free agency on Kirk Cousins doesn't feel realistic. So what is realistic, I think, is a really good next – like, it's a good follow-up question, right? And and, um, so I think that's a good place to start the conversation with here. I guess we should start out – I don't know. Where do you want to start this? Like, what – I guess – do you want to rank them? Do you want to rank the needs? Sure, because I'm curious to see where where the two of us even maybe differ okay. here. Um, now, obviously, like I, let's just do that, and then we'll, we'll maybe justify if there are some differences. Because okay. for me, while there might be some discourse about the positional value, center is number one for me. Like I, I think, especially because of the athleticism that is required of the position, at least to be like a baseline level athlete in Arthur Smith's offense. Uh, There's just no way that they could go into next season, in my opinion, with Mason Cole as the starting center. Uh, So that is why I would have that as number one, two and three are a tie for me between cornerback and tackle. I think they could probably go either way. Uh, And and I think that it's uh, a prerequisite for whoever is brought in a corner to be like, you know, saying the word athlete just gets kind of thrown around but around a lot. But like, clearly there were not enough athletes in the secondary last year for the Steelers. Like you look at the explosive plays that they gave up, but they weren't even a matter of like getting the top taken off of them. They were just getting stretched so far from sideline to sideline and they didn't have the players on the back end to be able to keep up with those guys. So then, you know, they weren't able to cut the corner and they would lose 
track there. I mean, watching Patrick Peterson try to cover drag routes across the field and stuff like that, especially in Houston, was getting exposed. And then I think tackle too. I just I think that they need obviously an upgrade there on Dan Moore. Um, you know, that's the one that maybe like I don't know. I'm curious to see if you think they could get away with with one more season of Dan Moore if they really like had to. But uh, yeah, those would be one, two, and three for me. Interesting. My number one answer is not any of those. Uh, their biggest need is quarterback. Now, uh, uh, okay. that doesn't right. mean that they're going to be able to address that need with what they have to work with this offseason, right? I just I discussed they don't have the money. They are not going to, like, let me just say, if, if like, a bunch of, if, if Jaden Daniels falls to 15, the Steelers should trade up five spots and go get him. Um, if, you know, that like, that's, that's, that's how quarterback is too important for it not to be a need for teams that don't have success. The Steelers also just don't have any depth. They literally have one guy. So, I mean, I think yeah. Uh, yeah, quarterback I... is number one need. I will say, however, it is not a need that I expect to be addressed in the form of like getting someone that I expect to replace Kenny Pickett in 2024, but it is and will continue to be the top need until it is addressed. Uh, that one- is why I did not have it on my exactly what you just said. I should have thought about it, but absolutely what you just said there in terms of addressing it in 2024 in the in the form of it not being Kenny Pickett as the starter is why I didn't put it on there. But it, it, it should have been. It should be. My number two need, and I'll break the tackle the tie between tackle and cornerback, right? I agree that both yeah. of these places are spots where they have um Guys that have played and could play, but you would probably not want to play, right? In Patrick Peterson mm-hmm. and Dan Moore. And also, in Patrick Peterson's case, is also expensive. In addition to, you don't mm-hmm. really necessarily want to tie yourself to him as your future starter. Uh, for me, I'll break the, tack- the tie with tackle ahead of corner. Uh, yeah. I think that the Steelers have shown that their idea and of their identity is to be from the trenches out. And so that makes tackle more of a priority for this team. I also think given what Arthur Smith wants to do uh, on the offense, that tackle will be just the offensive line in general will become more important than say wide receiver, you know, would be for another team. Uh, I think the Steelers are going to want to have a dominant offensive line to go with this offensive scheme that they're installing. They don't currently have that. And I just think tackle compared to center, is a position where it's relatively hard to find good play. It, it, they're hard to get. Um, you can find some centers around. They are less scarce. And so that's why I think tackles my number one need or my number two need. Um, number three, I will say cornerback. They, they need help both inside and outside. I do expect that they'll find a way to bring Patrick Peterson back, but either way, I'm not thrilled about him being a starting outside corner. And I'm mm-hmm. only, okay with the idea of him being like one of their top slot options they probably need somebody else there uh, i agree that just overall the secondary was too slow in 2023 something that nick Farabaugh has been harping on uh for yeah. close to a year now and and i i agree and then i think i have center four uh the positional value of center is not strong but i do think uh the like you said the demands of this offense will be high on that position i don't think that mason cole is like a guy that they just can't play in 2024. Um, I, I think he had a bad year. 
I think he was much better in 2022 than he was in 2023. I think most of the issues with Mason Cole were shotgun snaps and pass protection. And I think the new scheme will minimize those to some extent. Uh, They'll probably play more under center than they did. Uh, They'll probably run the ball more than they did. I think they can get through another year with Mason Cole if they have to. Um, But I really like the center class. And, and I think that's my, my fourth need. There are lots more. You want me to keep going? Uh, (laughs) Absolutely. So what I do want to say though, uh, to add to the Mason Cole thing and why I had it as number one, wasn't because I I agree with a lot of what you just said there. Like if they were going to be running it back with a similar offense in 2024, I think it's fair to say that he would improve and look, look like the 2022 as opposed to 2023. My question is about the switch in the steam and going to more of like a zone run concept if that's what they're going to do in the athleticism that is required at the position from Arthur Smith's offense, as opposed to what that offense has looked like with Mason Cole at center. I think the scheme actually will, will benefit Mason. I think he'll be okay. better with Arthur Smith's offense than he was the way the Steelers were running last year. I, he's not a great athlete, but um, I think his biggest problems were all the shotgun pass pro. Like his run, yes. his run blocking was fine. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't great, but it was fine. If we were just taking the run-blocking version of Mason Cole, um, no one would be talking about him needing replaced this offseason. It was all about the pass pro. If we could just have, have the shotgun pass pro. If every game for him looked like uh, the game that he had, or not the game that he had, that, <laughs> that one rep on the long Jalen Warren touchdown run in Cleveland, if every rep looked like that. He had a great rep for, on that long Jalen Warren run against Baltimore at home also the one where yes uh, he, I, know, I actually know exactly what you're talking about yep. he he kind of like hurdled a guy right and then uh, mm-hmm. there was like that well, there was like three plays in a row there was a pass to Warren then he hurdled a guy then there was another one it was like an 18 yard inside run he had a great seal block on that one um, he had some good moments I, I expect Mason Cole that if Mason Cole is the starting center for the Steelers in 2024 he'll be better than he was last year and, and I think that's a reasonable expectation I do think they will try to find uh a long-term replacement for him and not, and, and, you know, and that's why I'm a little, maybe, maybe a little less, a little hesitant there in terms of free agency. Aaron Brewer is a good fit and a young guy mm-hmm. as a free agent. Yeah. I think that's important. Like I don't want a 31 year old free agent center, right? If you're going to sign somebody, sign somebody that you think is going to be your answer for five years and just lock the position down. Uh, but I'll keep going yeah. after center defensive tackle. And I actually have these two yeah. very close together uh, because of the uncertainty of the contract situations with both Larry Ogunjobi and Cam Hayward, um, mm-hmm. kind of you know not really performing up to their cap hits, I expect that they're going to do something with Cam and probably just bite the bullet with Larry because I don't really see a better way for, a way for them to get a better defensive lineman into the team this year. But it's not a very good situation, right? I mean, Cam's getting older, play is declining a little bit at least and and certainly dealt with the injury bug it's a place they should be looking for long-term answers to go alongside Keanu Benton and that kind of new generation of defensive line Larry Ogunjobi I think they would love to cut if they felt like they had a a viable replacement so uh, go find one inside linebacker it's a very scary situation here that really like sure you know a whole lot is counting on Cole Holcomb recovering from a pretty gnarly knee injury. Landon Roberts, another year older, also coming off an injury. I thought he played really well, probably the best football of his career in 2023, but can yeah. that continue? Um, and there's really nobody behind them, right? Quan Alexander, you know, another Achilles, 
have to think that that's a scary person to rely on at this point, given his injury. Mark Robinson coming along very slowly. Don't really think that he's an answer. Strong safety is the other place. They need Terrell Edmonds back or to find another Terrell Edmonds. They need an in-the-box, tight-end eraser, traditional strong safety that's a good athlete. Um, the, you know, Keanu Neal just did not work in that role even before he got hurt. They need to find a way to improve there. So those are my sort of seven big needs. There are some smaller needs, right? Like they need a number three quarterback. They need a third running back. Um, they need a fourth edge rusher. Uh, these are things that you can find laying around on the scrap heap on July 1st. But in terms of like places that I'm looking at for major acquisitions this offseason, those are the seven for me. Yeah, so then I guess the question becomes, you know, the other part of this was divvying them up. So you got to take a look at what there is in free agency and what there is in the draft and also, you know, even how much money they're going to have in free agency as opposed to the number of draft picks they have. So, like, there's a lot of layers to this conversation. And it's why I said, like, you probably have to, like, circle one or two positions that you would really like to target in free agency obviously you got to have that space to do so and then like it's going to come to the draft and their ability to draft and kind of run it back with what they were able to do in the draft in 2023 and, and hit another home run there so like that's why i've talked so much about addressing safety and free agency because i like it much more uh than addressing it in the draft but it, like alan in your opinion is there like a couple positions there that you talked about that you would say yeah like this has to be free agency or this has to be the draft well, I think this is why you start to cross quarterback off the list, right? Because there's just no way to make it happen. Um, that, you know, if you're talking about wanting, you know, four or five immediate type starters, uh, at mm -hmm. least down to defensive tackle on that list, um, I, there's just no way to make that happen, right? You don't have enough money in free agency. You know, maybe they could get two starters in free agency. That's kind of the very most. Um, a yeah. great draft gets you three starters. And I mean, a great draft, like an all time draft gets you three starters given where the Steelers are drafting, uh, there's just not enough, right? And so um, I think quarterback to me is spend a little bit of money, not a lot, and use a day three draft pick on taking a swing at a guy, and that's about all they can do at that position. I'm expecting someone like Ryan Tannehill, uh, maybe Russell Wilson, uh, but I kind of uh, – I'm, I'm just personally not a big fan, um, but, but he's certainly in the conversation there. Guys like Sam Darnold, Jacoby Brissett, um, Marcus Mariota, Tyrod Taylor, uh, that, that ilk of quarterback, um, mm -hmm. tackle and corner to me feel like the two really tackle corner and center between those three spots. I think they should feel good about getting not maybe day one, but year one starters in rounds one and two, I think between rounds one and two, you can get two of those three filled very easily you could also mm -hmm. sub in d tackle there there are just so many fewer options at that position that fit the steelers you know like there's four centers that i think i would consider like a top three round grade uh and, and they like the steelers can work with them all there's maybe six or seven defensive tackles but you know, not all of them are exactly what the Steelers are going to be looking for. With, with them playing an odd front, they do have different demands than other teams. Not everybody is just plug and play on a Pittsburgh defense. And so I, I think um, D-tackle seems like it's possible, but maybe a little bit less likely than those other three. And also, you know, when we start to look at free agency, and, and maybe this is the next place, like we talked mm -hmm. about the tackles in the corners yesterday, right? And then we talked about Aaron Brewer, um, you know, there aren't a lot of center free agents out there. 
Um, uh, you know, it's but but it it is the one position where maybe you could get by a little cheaply, uh, because it's not a position to high in demand. Lloyd Cushenberry's out there, uh, Tyler Beatish uh is out there, and Evan Brown. Uh, and so like there's there's some some starters, like those are just those are okay guys, whatever. Um D tackle, you're not gonna get a if you if you don't draft a D tackle, you're not getting one because they're extremely expensive and you know they're not they're not gonna they're not gonna throw the Brinks truck at, at Justin Matabuike, right? Like they're they're not gonna be the one to do that. I mean, maybe you can get um someone somewhere, but it's it's gonna be difficult. Yeah. Who oh by the way, you mentioned uh four centers in the first three round. Who's the fourth one? Because obviously everybody talks about the the top three is, is Bo Limmer out of Arkansas, the fourth one that you're considering. No, or? I actually wasn't that impressed by Limmer. Uh, Graham Barton, okay. who played tackle at Duke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some cool. places yeah. have him listed as a tackle still. He's not yeah, a tackle. Yeah. He's a center or a guard. Obviously, the Steelers would play him at center, right? Or at least would try to play him at center. Sure. Other teams yeah. are looking at him as a guard, um, mm-hmm. but I, I, he would be a center option for the Steelers. Yeah, he's even getting some some first-round buzz. I've seen back end of the first-round buzz I, uh, as of late, so. Yeah, Zach Frazier was uh, mocked in the first round by Dan Jeremiah. I think he had hit all three of them, Powers, Johnson, Barton, and mm-hmm. Frazier in his first round. Mm-hmm. So um, it's going to be difficult, I think, to to have a, a 2023 draft again, right, where you just nail sure. three I mean, straight starters. Like, it, yeah. you know, remember, they had that extra pick last year with, where the, in, the, in the Claypool trade. It's going to be pretty difficult to pull that off again. Um I really think you're looking at probably two starters from the draft class in terms of guys that are going to start games in 2024 as all that's really realistic. Yeah. So for me, it's, it's tough because like if you were, and I don't even know if this is the right way to word this, but like, if you're talking about the first three rounds, hoping to get starters within those first three, and that's obviously, like you said, kind of like a best case scenario and you go tackle center to me, corner, like, because in the third round, especially in this draft class that I'm looking at now, like a Chris Abrams drain, uh, Kyrie Jackson, like those types of guys, if they're available in round three, I think those are guys that can start on the outside in year one. Now, game one, I don't know, but I think at some point in year one, they could. So, like, to me, that would be their best path. Now, I, I'm not saying, hey, the Steelers have to be dead set on taking this position here, this position here, and this position here, because, you know, you never want to get locked into that. You want to take the best available player. But I think that that's probably the best path for them getting three starters out of this draft class is tackle center, then corner. Yeah, third round guys that I think make really good uh, a lot of sense for them. A corner would be guys like Mike Sanristol from Michigan, Kyrie Jackson sure, from yeah. Oregon, Cam Hart from Notre Dame, Chris Abrams Drain from Missouri. Um, mm-hmm. uh, maybe like down to like a guy like Kalen King from Penn State. If Kalen Charles, King, yeah. Charles Brownlee from Louisville had a very nice Senior Bowl. Cam Hart from Notre Dame also was was flashing at the Senior Bowl. So I think those guys are a lot of potential. You know, the other thing about corner is, you know, that they do have, you know, they do have Patrick Peterson and they do have Corey Trice and Darius Rush, who they like, who are like promising options. And so, um, if they could shore the slot up, it would yeah. not be insane to go into a season with Pat Pete and those two guys and say, okay, let's see what we have in these guys. Let's give it one more year on corner and and move along. If they could if they could get the slot taken care of. And the slot guys go way later in the draft process. Like you can get a starting slot guy in like the fifth round. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that this is a similar approach because I'm trying to think back as to how that offseason even went. But like they went into 2021 with James Pierre expected to be starting on the outside like, after playing 38 snaps in 2020. Yeah. And obviously, like there was you know, like the covid ramifications on the salary cap had to play into that and everything. Obviously, they didn't resign Mike, Mike Hilton, some other uh, Stephen Nelson. Obviously, they let go and he ended up going on. But so. You know, I I do wonder if that maybe is is the approach to take. You know, shore up the slot with it, like a Mike Sainter still out of Michigan, and then let those guys battle because like Corey Trice is basically going to be part of this upcoming draft class. Like he's going in this year as a rookie. So yeah. I, and, I and Rush too. I mean, he played a little bit, but very little. Yeah. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's oh yeah, he got hurt and and with with the Colts too. So like that's why yeah. he was waived. I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think there's. I think it's reasonable to pass on corner. I think it's reasonable to pass on center too. Like I think that Cole can get by. I do love the idea of taking a center in this draft though. Uh, For me, really tackle is the spot where it's like, this is a very deep tackle class. You're not likely to drafting where the Steelers normally draft, get a tackle as good as they could get this year. Most years. Most years, if you're drafting at 20, you are not going to get a player that is going to start right away at tackle. And I really think they could this year. Um, And even if they don't get a player that's going to start right away, they can get a really, really high upside guy then, um, you know, who who could profile as one of the best in the league. And so I think tackle to me feels really good. Corners there if they want it, especially in the first round. Mm -hmm. In the second round, it's a little bit dicier. There aren't like a ton of obvious fits for their second round pick. Uh, maybe Kamari Lasseter out of Georgia, if he makes it to them, is maybe the one guy that I would say uh, feels like a, a Steelers pick there. But it's there aren't just aren't as many obvious options. Uh, but that starting in the third round and, and moving forward, there are a lot of good choices there uh, yeah. for for them at corner and especially at slot corner. You know, guys that are a lot of these places will lift him as list him as safety, like Tyke Smith out of out of Georgia. Like for me, he's a slot corner. He's a Mike Hilton clone. Like I think that's his role. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how the Steelers would use him if they drafted him. And so I think there's, uh, there's a lot of ways that they can fix corner besides drafting another Joey Porter jr. Which I mean, like, Hey, if they get their hands on Ennis Rakestraw, that's pretty much what he is. But you you know, like there's, uh, there's, there's options there. Right. And, And so, um, I'm interested to see, which they'll prefer if they get a board where let's say, you know, a, like a JC Latham and a Terry and Arnold are both still on the board, right? Like which, which way would they go? Uh, if, well, if they get I'm... that kind of look, I don't know. I think that's, that's, t- that can, it can be tempting either way. Um, but for me, I think tackle and corner are overwhelmingly the most likely options uh, for the first round pick. And um, now free agency, it's interesting. Like I agree with you. I think in free agency, I'm looking at these positions uh, I think quarterback, right? They're going to sign a quarterback. But I think mm-hmm. down the list, places like safety and linebacker to me feel like spots that they're just not going to get the right kind of upgrade in this draft class, at least not until late on day three. Uh, box safety feels like it. And especially like the amount of strong safety that is played around the NFL right now is at an all-time low. The Steelers have – Demonte KZ. So if they want to play two high safeties, they can just play KZ. They literally just need like a part-time box safety. It should not cost that much money. Uh, they should be able to find one linebacker. I think they've got to find 
you know, some kind of coverage specialist linebacker. Um, it's very clear that whatever Mark Robinson becomes, it's not going to be that. Um, and, and so you're not really, you know, hindering his development anyway, in any way, mm-hmm. if you go out and sign someone that can be that for them, they really need someone that if Cole Holcomb doesn't work out can be that dime and nickel linebacker, uh, you know, with Holcomb coming off an injury, his age, I think it's two straight injuries. Uh, I, I think it's mm-hmm. uh, it's really important. So if I'm looking for free agents, I think quarterback is an obvious one. And I think I'm looking r- really hard at corner just to see if there's a, a big upgrade, a big swing that can be made. That's probably the place where I'd be trying to make it. Um, but I think linebacker and safety are, are probably in center are probably the positions that I see most likely to be addressed in free agency. I don't want to move away from this. I, I do want to come back to this, but as you were talking about the tackle, it, it made something pop in my mind. So like I have to bring free C and the draft kind of marry them together here. Like with looking at, and we talked about the the tackle free agent class yesterday and how there's just not many options out there for the Steelers. Um, does that kind of in your mind pigeonhole them into having to take a tackle? And is that a problem if that's the case? I don't think they're pigeonholed because I think they're probably excited about taking one of these tackles. Like I'd be excited. I'd be excited about having, like, if you, if you hand me this draft board, you say, what do you want to draft? I'm going to say tackle, regardless of what my team's needs are. Like this is the, this is the year year to want to tackle. And so I think, I don't think it bothers them that it's about, I don't think they're even going to look at free agent tackles. Uh, Dan Moore has not been so bad that it's like, we can't let the draft go by and not get one. You know, I, I think the Steelers have been very intentional about that over the years where they will dr- they will sign a guy and then draft a guy at the same position if they just have a gaping hole, right? Because they don't want to go into the draft having to draft a position. And I think Dan Moore, while not good, certainly is good enough that the Steelers would not feel like they have to draft a tackle if the draft just doesn't fall that way. If Terry and Arnold is there, but none of the top corners or none of the top tackles, then they can just take Terry and Arnold and say, Okay, great. Uh, we got a great corner, and then the second round comes around, and Zach Frazier's there, but uh, you know, but Patrick Paul and, and and the other second round tackles are not great. We've upgraded corner and center in big ways, and we got another year, of Dan Moore. We're gonna have to find a way to deal with. Like they're not gonna fix all of their problems this offseason. I don't feel like they're pigeonholed in any way at any position. But if there's a place to pigeonhole yourself in at this draft class, it is tackle. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and the other thing I wanted to mention, we talked about yesterday, like very unrealistic uh, for the Steelers to make like a huge splash in free agency. If they if they felt that strongly about a player, though, like could they create the space to go out and do it? Sure. But in your mind, if there was that position, is that corner like if there was a group that they were like, OK, no, we are going to make this move. We're going to create the cap space to do so. We feel this strongly about this player. Is that a corner or where do you think that that would be if they were going to make that big splash? corner for sure um and again it's because like oh you could just say okay we cut pat peterson we save you know x million dollars we can add it to the pool and let's go sign jalen johnson by the way they were reported to be interested in jalen johnson at the trade deadline i doubt they were interested in him as a pure rental they were interested in jalen johnson because they want to re-sign him uh he's only 24 years old so very Mm -hmm. very young free agent so this is a guy that you could easily give a five or six year contract to and feel pretty good about it i think jalen johnson is a player that'd be very interested in making a big swing at defensive tackle would be the other one the problem becomes uh, you know you have to you have to make a deal with cam hayward 
And then, you know, you got to figure you're going to have to cut Larry Ogunjobi if you're going to make a big signing of that position. If you take on the dead money from cutting Larry Ogunjobi, can you spend, you know, how much do you have to spend to make it an upgrade, right? You know, because it, it, with Larry's contract, mm-hmm. they don't save a lot of money, even though Larry is not really performing up to his cap hit. They don't save a lot of money by releasing him, right? They'd mostly just absorb dead cap hit. So if they cut Larry Ogunjobi, they they have a they save six million, but they take seven million dead cap hit. And so, like, yeah. are you going to get a player better than Larry Ogunjobi for six million? Well, no. Right, you're not, and so uh, if you spend 15 million or 20 million, let's say you get uh, Javon Hargrave right back on the free. Let's say you spend 20 million dollars a year to get Javon Hargrave back. You know, now you're you're talking about adding 27 million to the rolls to save six in cutting Larry. You better save 10 or 15 somehow in cams because otherwise you're not going to make that work, right? And so. I just think the salaries at defensive tackle compared to what the Steelers are already paying and are already stuck paying make it a little harder for me to see it working. With Patrick Peterson, the Steelers only have a $2.9 million dead cap hit if they cut him, and that's all they're on the hook for. And, in fact, they can post June 1st him, and they can make that even less, right? And so – no, actually, they can't because it's last year's deal. But still, uh, you know – they, they can get away from Patrick Peterson for a relatively small amount of money. And so that makes it, I think, a little bit more reasonable to take a big swing at corner, go sign someone like Jalen Johnson, Jarius Sneed. I also think there's, you know, a couple guys out there that make sense for the Steelers, maybe more so than defensive tackle, where there's only one or two big options. I think the corner free agent class is um, a little bit easier to envision multiple guys coming to the Steelers and having success. Kendall Fuller, someone we mentioned yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, uh, the slot guys, Keyshawn Nixon, Sean Burf- Murphy Bunting. I mean, I think there's there's several players that I think they could make that kind of upside. Now, not all those guys are big swings, but I think there's a lot of good fits. I suppose defensive tackle where it's really only one or two guys that I think the Steelers would even be that interested in. Yeah. The Jalen Johnson stuff at the deadline feels so long. I, ha- I have somebody, that uh, a friend that covers the Bears, and they were texting me that day, and they were like, I legitimately think that you guys are going to end up landing him. Like, they felt like, it was going to happen. They, the idea was they were going to trade for Jalen Johnson and then trade Levi Wallace to the yeah. Bills, and the trade fell apart. Um, the Steelers were balking at the asking price, and then the Bills went and got um, Russell Douglas, Russell Douglas from the Packers, and uh, and that and and then then the whole deal fell apart, right? But yeah, the, the Steelers were the Steelers had a deal with the Bills to send Levi Wallace back to Buffalo, and they you know didn't didn't end up happening. Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting to see how things would have played out, obviously, with Jalen Johnson here and how differently we would be looking at the Steelers needs if that were the case. But uh, yeah, we'll continue to talk about this. We got some good feedback in the comments yesterday about our ideas of doing the mock stuff. So people were actually saying to do full mock offseason, which I think is going to be interesting and we can do down the line, uh, including draft and free agency together. So like a discussion we just had on here, basically turning it into our own separate things and putting together our own off seasons and then discussing the similarities and differences in them. So we will do that down the line. Uh, but Alan, for now, tell the people where they can find you. Find me at a Saunders underscore PGH on social media, PGH Steelers. Now sites account Steelers now.com read all my words. Daniel Jeremiah mocked a guard to the Steelers in the first round. I think he's wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. 
Talk to Matt Miller from ESPN today. That should be coming up on the next day or two. Tease, tomorrow we have a guest again. And tomorrow's guest shares a name, a first name, with a Steelers Now staff member, but spells it differently. Okay, there it is. Um, I'm Zachary Smith, PGH. Like, subscribe, hit the notification bell here. If you were listening somewhere else, whether that's Apple, Spotify, wherever that might be, wherever your podcast from, leave us a five-star review over there. Hit us in the comments with any questions, comments, concerns, thoughts about what we talked about, all that good stuff, and more. Until next time, Brown Saunders for Zachary Smith. Thanks for jumping in. Take another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. (laughs) 